And welcome to Fresh Ears. I'm Neil Cowling, the founder of Fresh Air Production, UK's leading producer of branded podcasts. The point of this series is to look back at a different branded podcast project in each episode, speak to those involved in making it happen, and then see what we can learn. Hopefully, if you're thinking of creating a branded podcast for your business, this is all useful. It certainly is for us, and we know most of this stuff. Today, we're going to talk about windows, light, and appropriately enough, Fresh Air, as we examine Home Improved, a podcast series produced for Velux. Interior decoration and home renovation might seem like pretty visual subjects, but audio is a storytelling medium, and so Velux commissioned a four-part series to tell stories of people and experts who had insight and advice gained from experience. Once we were in, we tackled the kids' bedrooms to get them feeling cosy and and like they were settled. We didn't want them to be too freaked out about the move. They're both very young at the time. And then the next thing we did, I think, is the ensuite. So again, while at this point there's no carpets, there's no wallpaper in half the rooms. There's you know everything is is pretty shabby. We've done a lot of ripping out of just material things, carpets and curtains and things that had that sort of old house smell. And then I think we started moving downstairs. We've changed the dining room and living room windows. They both have now French bay doors in them. Because you know, immediately we wanted the, the light, but also to get out and use the garden. There's no, at that point, there wasn't a back door onto the garden. So that was our, our quickest access onto the garden. For the kids, we could kick them out those doors straight into the garden rather than going around the front of the house. With love. With course, love, though. obviously, with love. always yeah. with love. You know, <laughs> with a book, not a tablet. So why did Velux turn to podcasts and how did they give them universal appeal across multiple territories and languages? Mad Schmidt is the Senior Communication Strategist at Revolt, their Velux's agency in Denmark and our client on this project. And Alex Kenning is a senior producer here at Fresh Air who created and managed the series. Hello, Hi, Neil. Hello, Neil. Mads, thank you very much for joining us. Lovely to see you. It's been a little while since we worked on this project, so it's great to sort of revisit it a little bit. As I mentioned, you're the agency for Velux and normally we work directly for clients. So it's interesting to begin by talking about it from an agency point of view. How did the idea of a podcast come about? Why did Velux introduce this into their range of of media that they use? Absolutely. And uh, yeah, great to reconnect with you guys as well. So I guess the way the project came about was as so many things are these days as a result of the, the lockdown COVID. Like we all spend a lot of time in lockdown, indoors, basically climbing the walls by the end of it. And because of that, you know, us and everyone else in, I guess, both the UK and Denmark began doing home improvement projects like crazy, noticing all the, um, the imperfections in, in their apartments and flats and so forth. So that's one part of it. The other thing is that we suddenly, in, in the zeitgeist, more or less, uh, were much more aware of the importance of healthy indoor climate, something we talked about more so than ever before. So our thinking was, how can we then explore that a little bit through the lens of home improvement and better indoor living? How can we better explore what it means to uh, to create a, a healthy home in, in this day and age? So what were the goals? What what was the purpose of, of doing the podcast in the first place? Yeah, so, so the, the purpose of, of the podcast, as, as we saw it, was really to, uh, to raise the awareness of, of the impact of, of daylight and fresh air on that good indoor climate. 
So that could be the health or the, uh, the value of their homes, like the value that it adds to their home. So that's maybe more on the content side and on the uh, sort of brand side, our goal was to um, sort of expand a little bit the, the target audience also of, that Velux normally reaches. So podcast was a great way of, for us to do that, uh, to reach a new audience and also to secure just higher levels of engagement with that story. I think that's another thing we found that's really useful is that you can really explore some of these topics at length, you know, over, say, the course of 20 minutes and really get into the, to the details in a really nice way. And that's really hard to do on, on video or, or any other format. And in, in the agency world, I think, I think we're aware that lots of clients are talking about podcasts and are interested in what podcasts can do for them. In the agency world, does it feel like it's growing to the same extent? Is it something that agencies are talking about as a, as, as a piece of content that you would begin to naturally suggest to your clients? Yeah, I think I think podcasting is absolutely of growing interest to clients and, and in the agency world in general, absolutely. And I think that's that's a pretty organic growth. Like, there's just so many great podcasts out there, you know that uh, that uh, and and the audiences for podcasting increases. I think every year, uh, so it's just naturally uh, going to be on people's radar a little bit more. And I think what is happening and it's sort of new is that more and more clients are sort of uh, seeing the the ultimate value of that in business terms. So, Matt, can you just lay out? what the objectives were for Velux, who were the target audience, what did they want them to do as a result of hearing the podcast? So the, the objective of the podcast was really quite clear, was to, uh, to be able to approach a new target audience, so Gen Xs and, and Millennials, and to really get them thinking about or getting excited about really the role fresh air and daylight can play in their home improvement projects. Thank you. So Alex, as producer then, can you just summarise what the format of this series was how did you go about talking about fresh air and light and glass in a podcast after some thought and conversation with Michaela the aspirational theme really jumped out to us we wanted to make sure that the stories were authentic and also communicated the importance of a healthy home so we decided on essentially a three-way conversation it was led by Charlie Luxton who's a really great television presenter and then we had a case study who would come on and tell us their story and then we would also have an expert who would come and provide some scientific knowledge essentially to back up that anecdotal evidence given by the case study so in terms of format we could divide each episode into three. There was a before, a during and after. So the case study would come on and tell us what their life was like before the renovation and the expert would come on and talk to us about the science behind that experience. The during was the case study talking about how they went about the renovation, what they did, what steps they took, what were the challenges. And the third section is what their life is like now. It was always really positive and then the scientist was able to come on and back up that positive change with scientific information. So we did have a set format in that it was that three-way conversation. Case studies is something we use a lot. Um, what did it bring to this that experts talking to each other wouldn't have brought? So each case study brought a completely different angle. You know, we had two English guests and we had two guests from Denmark and obviously they were talking about their own individual experiences. So each one was specific to their home improvements so the bedroom was obviously completely different to the home office and the complete DIY transformation was really really different to the one that was focused more around the family home and on the nuts and bolts of it it's, it's often a, a nice aspiration to go and find real people and, and case studies but it's, it's quite labor intensive we wanted case studies from across Europe 
Did that complicate things or did it actually open up more possibilities for you? So, yeah, it was a bit more challenging in terms of time zones and coordination, but it certainly widened the net of the stories that we could tell. We did work closely with MADS and Velux to make sure the case studies could deliver on each specific topic of the brief. So that's office, bedroom, family home and DIY on a budget. They're all related to a specific area of health and well-being. And the format that you described, did you stick to that throughout the series or were there deviations from it? Were there differences between episodes? There certainly were differences between episodes, just the nature of the stories and the nature of you know the involvement of the experts. So we had a we had a we had a certain format and a certain script, and then depending on the expert, sometimes the expert would come in a bit more often. Sometimes the conversation was was led a bit more by Charlie, by a presenter, depending on on the stories. So Mads, we've mentioned Charlie, the presenter, and we've got really sort of subject specific expertise that was required how did you end up at charlie as a presenter and what do you think he brought so we were in terms of picking a presenter we were looking at a, at a few different uh, options who had experience in, in television i think mainly and just had a lot of subject matter expertise in terms of uh home renovation and, and interior design and that kind of thing and, and charlie was was always one of our very top picks and then when we were in dialogue with charlie uh you know it was just a, an obvious match that he had that both of course he's he's a fantastic professional presenter so he's very good at at speaking to to subjects who aren't you know that accustomed to be uh, on camera or or in conversation with uh he's very good at driving that conversation when he needs to and step back when when he doesn't need to very relatable person and then also he's just he's got a bit of that name recognition too uh, which was important for us to to have someone who has a bit of a name recognition in that field to lend a bit of extra uh, authority to the podcast series, basically. So the series was released in December, December of 2020, so right in the middle of the pandemic. And obviously a certain amount of the subject area was pandemic driven. So, you know, we had an episode about how to create the perfect home office, which is obviously a much more relevant consideration for people during the pandemic but we wanted it to be evergreen so how did you manage to get the balance between it being evergreen but also super relevant to the time so i think in terms of just the uh, the topics we picked and the cases that we ended up going with we were very conscious of the fact that they needed to be relatable and accessible and in terms of, of speaking to and about uh, the pandemic, we saw it as sort of a pretty good jumping off point in terms that we're all, you know, we were all in the same situations more or less. Uh, but then when we actually talk about the actual case stories, the actual renovations, the actual impact it has on your, your indoor climate and, and your, your home, that's all evergreen material that'll be relevant in, in any case. So that'll be relevant a year from now or 10 years from now, basically. Is it still being promoted by Velux? I mean, it- Podcasts have a long tail, as you say. We we don't want this to be disposable, and it's obviously content that will sit on iTunes and Spotify and the and the website for a while. Is it still being referred to? Is it are you still pulling audiences back to it now? So I think the the uh, the podcast content was created to uh, to accompany a specific campaign that ran last year, and currently it isn't being promoted. But it was very important for the client. To, to retain the rights to use that material and to own that material so they can bring it up, you know, in future cases, whatever that might be, another campaign or or perhaps a re-edit to, to push another agenda. Yeah, because you never know when it might. We, we say this to a lot of clients that 
you've got content that's sitting there and which suddenly may become relevant. You know, there may be a news story, there may be a reason for a PR, a reason for referring people back to it. And once you've created it, it's yours and um, it can sit there for a long time. And if you make it evergreen, then it's a really useful piece of content for people to come back to, which is, um, yeah, really handy. Alex, let's just talk a little bit about the nuts and bolts of the edit process, because this was recorded, as we've said, in lockdown, recorded largely remotely. You also created your own sound suite, your um, multi-talented man with lots of skills in uh, music and sonic creation. So talk us through that a little bit. How did you create the kind of furniture for the podcast? So I decided on the sonic branding for the series. Essentially, it was this super catchy track that I felt fit in really well with the theme and the tone of the podcast. Fortunately, Mads agreed. I then worked with that track to create a selection of sounds, stabs and effects, which were then used by the foreign language versions as well. And that always helps to bring each episode in to one complete series. Yeah, Mads, let's talk about the European versions for a second, because it's quite unusual for us to be working for a client that's making multiple versions of the same podcast in different languages. Clearly, you know, you're a Danish company. (laughs) Everyone needs Windows. You're a brand or Velux is a brand that uh, is known across the world. And you were keen to create versions of this podcast in different languages. So just talk us through that a little bit and how much complexity did that add to the mix? Sure. So we arrived at the decision to create multiple podcasts in different native languages uh, pretty early on in, in the process, with the idea being that we just wanted to uh, to use this also as, as an experiment into uh, or sort of a foray into podcasting for Velux. So to explore uh, the different markets and how they would take to, to podcasting by Velux. So really also to use this as a knowledge gathering uh, experience or campaign. So I guess the... Uh, what we decided on pretty early early on in the process was to to create three different language versions of the podcast. So we would have a main podcast that Fresh Air was in charge of that would be in, in UK English and be promoted in, in Scandinavia and in the UK where, uh, you know, uh, especially in, in, of course, in the UK, people speak English rather well. But also in, in the Scandinavian countries, folks are pretty keen to listen to English language podcasts. But then we were also tasked with with sort of getting this across the finish line in, in the Dutch market and in the Belgian market, where we had reason to believe that local language versions of the podcast might do better. So that obviously added a lot of complexity, especially in terms of the logistics of, of the operation. And the way we went about solving that challenge was to use sort of the English language podcast produced by Fresh Air as the, as the master template that the other, we hired different agencies in uh, different production partners in the other territories, but that they could lean on that format and use the same audio suite and the same format and all the same sort of narrative structure and, and creative structure developed by Fresh Air and just pluck that with local cases and, and local language experts, basically. It's always an interesting thought that because... You know, clearly we we could create a podcast in English and then just translate it into other languages. But I think more often than not, when there's a fluid conversation or there are things that are sort of culturally different between the countries, then that doesn't really work. I, you know, it's 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 kind of patronising, or it would be patron. I feel it would be patronising for us to create a podcast in English and then just translate it into foreign language. I know that's not what you were asking us to do. It's sometimes what we have been asked to do. And let's talk about uh, another element of what we were doing to localise things, which 
this is the only podcast that we've done this on so far. So it was a really interesting experiment for us is placing ads, dynamically inserted ads into the podcast in different languages. So to explain for the audience what that meant, Velux were really keen to have an advertising message halfway through that was relevant to the topic that we were covering. But we wanted those to, even though the series, our series was in English, we wanted those to be in relevant languages to the listener. So what we were able to do with our platform Omni is to insert adverts that were then played out according to where the listener was. So if we detected that the listener was in France, then they would hear an advert in French halfway through each episode. And we did those in multiple Scandinavian languages. As you say, Mads, why did you want to place a commercial message in the middle of the podcast at all? I think the, our reason for, for wanting a, a commercial in the podcast was basically to, to make sure we contain the commercial message to a sort of a separate segment, basically, so that we can, con- we can focus on, on the narrative and the engaging storytelling in the actual episode, but then still have that extra room for a, a specifically or, or exclusively commercial message somewhere in there. So, so the ad is just a great way to do that. And obviously we, we could, and we did use that to then drive traffic to the, to the Velux website. So you can, you can add a, a separate tactical call to action in what is otherwise a narrative-driven piece of content. So, so I think that's the, the primary utility of, of that ad, that it allows for a, for a tactical element to an otherwise super engaging narrative piece of content. Does that help you as an agency uh, when you're talking to the client? Inserting a commercial message in there, it sort of gives you the latitude for the rest of the content to not be so commercial. Is that why that works? I, I think it's absolutely fair to say that uh, that at the end of the day, uh, doing a branded podcast is a commercial endeavor. So it's just it's important that you're very clear about how you get that or what the value of that podcast is. And there's a lot of value to to the narrative bits of the podcast. Like there's there's a lot of value to the to the podcast itself as a narrative that drives engagement and awareness of, of the topics that we want to cover. But then there's also that other bit of value to, to drive people to a specific call to action that has a very, let's say, clear, traditional commercial values. I think being able to straddle those perspectives is definitely useful from a, from a client and agency perspective. And so how did you market the series once it was all made? What was your mix of social and, and what, what channels did you use to promote the podcast? The podcast was marketed across social channels, so that would be uh, your typical mix of Facebook and Instagram ads. We also placed or bought ad space directly on Spotify to promote the ad. So that would be for non-premium listeners who, who, who get ads every once in a while. So on Spotify, people in relevant territories would get an ad that would lead them to, to listen to the show. Great. So like a trailer for the for the podcast that was playing elsewhere. Okay. Yeah, we, we created a separate ad for Spotify to, to drive awareness and interest in the ad for non-premium subscribers. Great. So after the series was released in the new year, you did a, a survey, you used focus groups of Danish and British contributors. What feedback did they give you? Yeah, so uh, in terms of the, the focus groups and the feedback we got from them after the campaign was done, 
was actually really positive. So not only was it fun to make, it also sort of paid off in the end, which is always nice. But the focus group response was that they, they scored the, the show very highly in terms of favorability. So in terms of how well they liked the podcast, they scored that very highly. I think on a, on a general average, I think they scored it 7 out of 10 in terms of how much they liked it and would like to listen to it. And I think even more importantly, uh, we were interested in finding out whether the podcast had the desired effect in terms of creating awareness about the importance of lighting and fresh air in your home and in your home improvement process. And the focus groups scored consideration of those aspects seven or almost eight out of 10. So what that means is that the people who listened to the podcast, they ended up actually considering how to add more fresh air and daylight to, the, to their, their home improvement projects, which was the exact goal that we were going for. So that's lovely feedback from the focus groups. How useful was that to Velux? Because I think lots of clients get to the end of a podcast series and they're happy that they've done it. And it's, you know, it's a fun process. It's a, it's a new medium. It's a piece of content that they can shout about and talk about. But that kind of dispassionate, data-driven feedback that you get from a focus group, how important is that in assessing whether it was a success and whether it's something that Velux should do again? I think it's the focus groups were massively important in terms of just assessing the success of the podcast. Because at the end of the day, it's all about the uh, the only value that you can really you know rely on is the one that is the debt. The focus groups were massively important in determining the actual success of the podcast. I think at the end of the day, it's it's all about what you can show and what you can measure, like attributing success to different parameters of the podcast. And while we could get some data just from the metrics on Spotify and iTunes, I think we secured a roughly 70% listen-through rate on average, I think, which, which is quite good. It doesn't tell you really how your messages were received how your audiences actually took the messages that you wanted to convey, whether they took them to heart, whether they'll think about them in the future. So I think that qualitative aspect of the focus groups really was important in determining whether we'd, we'd hit the mark. Were you measuring brand impact in there as well? Or was it just for that sort of broader objective? Absolutely. So another part of this was just to, to measure whether or not a new audience would be receptive to a podcast about, first of all, about home improvement. And secondly, uh, from Velux as a, as a company. And it turned out that they had no qualms at all with, with a podcast sponsored by a company like Velux. As long as the content is great, the audience is, is keen to listen. So as long as the content is relevant, it, they're absolutely fine with a, with a market leader like Velux, you know, ostensibly a, a window company, suddenly uh, exploring the podcast arena. That's brilliant to know. Thank you. So let's just finish up then by what we always do is just really saying, if somebody else was considering this, and particularly, I guess, from an agency perspective, from your point of view, Matt, any advice that you would give them? If, if you, there are other people in agencies thinking about advising their clients to make a podcast or looking at creating a podcast series for themselves, what insights would you give? What have you learned through the process? I think what, what, what I can say just from an agency perspective is, is the process of, of working with, with a company like Fresh Air Production Company, it's quite similar, I think, to hiring production companies for, for video productions or, or other things that you might, uh, you might need a, an expert crack team to, to, to solve just in terms of the logistical setup. And in terms of just what we, what we learned and what I would advise other companies to do, is just to keep, in, in terms of, of what I learned is that the importance of 
of putting a high premium on the sort of the creative narrative aspect of the podcasts. So even if you have a clearly commercial goal, I think it's really important to spend a lot of time translating that into a really compelling narrative. Because at the end of the day, the quality of the narrative, the quality of the, the, uh, the cases, that's what gets people hooked and interested in, in, in your message. Alex, any thoughts on uh, anyone who is looking to do a similar sort of style of podcast? Well, I would um, echo really what Mads has said about the story. You know, the, I think the quality is in the story and really keeping it authentic. I think that's something that worked really well with this podcast is the authenticity behind it. Each story that we told was really, really genuine. They'd all gone through their experience of their home improvement. We backed it up with scientific data, which kind of really added some some value to the to the conversation as well. Yeah, I think any advice, just keep it really light and relatable. If you're looking for an agency, definitely go and work with Mads because he's a dream to work with. Um, and I think it's about adding value instead of just talking about how good your brand is the whole time. And I think we, and I think we delivered on that in this podcast. I think maybe another point I can add, just in terms of just the, the value of podcasting. Uh, just another thing I, I'd noticed that even though podcasting is a, is a younger medium, there is just really a lot of value in making a podcast for a client, I think, both in terms of perhaps entering uh, media territory that's uncontested, perhaps, in your, your space or your industry, and then also being able to reach your audiences in new arenas. So that might be uh, in terms of their, their drive to work, their commute, or you know while they're doing the dishes, the podcast just fills a different niche or a different gap as a secondary medium. So it's really a nice way of connecting, I think, with, your, with the audiences in a new fashion. Lovely. Well, thank you very much to both of you, to Mad Schmidt, the Senior communication Strategist at Revolt in Copenhagen, and Alex Kenning, our Senior Producer here at Fresh Air, who created the series Home Improved. It's available to listen on all normal podcast platforms. So to find out how Fresh Air might be able to help you create a fantastic podcast for your brand, please do get in touch. It's freshairproduction.co.uk. In the meantime, I'm Neil Cowling. Thank you very much for listening. Fresh Air.